over his head, and his eyes are blocked. So he can't see me in his peripheral. So what I was intending on doing was just kind of being like, hey, hey, do you mind if I ask you a question? And I realized if I was going to get this guy's attention, I'm going to have to step in front of the treadmill and wave him down uh, kind of like this. And, you know, I was like, that's too much for me right now. I don't know how that's going to come across, so I did not invite him. But I guess maybe I should have, I don't know. But I think the purpose is, are we willing? Are we willing servants when God uh, produces opportunities? Do we have spiritual eyes to see how in our normal routines, God may be wanting to work in and through you? That's what I want to encourage you. And, and inviting someone to Easter is one opportunity. It's an important opportunity for people to hear the gospel. But I also want to encourage you, if you have a spiritual conversation with someone, or you can pray for them, or share the gospel with them, amen, amen to that. Don't think you just have to invite someone to Easter. This is just one resource we wanted to give you to tell and show the story of Jesus. Many of you follow what's happened in Kentucky at Asbury College. Maybe you got my pastoral email this week. I long, the staff long. We as a church long to see people in our community have faith in the Son of God, Jesus Christ. There's so much out there that the world is saying, we have the good news and the hope of Jesus Christ. Let's not hold that to ourselves. So I want to encourage you, pray for revival. Pray that God would use you in a unique way this season. Nothing will fill you up more with the Spirit than being on mission for God. That's my own personal experience that I've had in my relationship with God. So we're excited for this Easter season. Also, if you want to give this morning, you can text the number on the screen. You can give in the baskets in the foyer. God owns everything. Every dollar we have, every good relationship we have, every skill or talent we have comes from the Father of lights above. Everything. We are supposed to be good stewards and managers of all that God has given us. Let's be faithful as God stirs our heart this morning. Would you pray with me? Father, remind us of these truths. I thank you for your word. I thank you that it's timeless, God, that it speaks directly to our hearts. Father, as, as Bill is going to bring his final message to us this morning in the Psalms, Father, would you anoint him to preach your word? Would Bill step out of the way and your spirit step in? God, would we have the humility and the softness of hearts to have ears to hear where your word would fall on good soil and produce fruit in our life. Father, I ask that in Jesus' name. And would we give back to you with our finances in a way that honors you, that recognizes that you're our Savior. Father, and that's a prayer for myself. I'm not perfect. God, I want to hold on to money too. God, would we be generous people who give according to what you're calling us to give in your plans and purposes, God. We thank you for being able to gather together, and we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, Fox Valley Church. <clears throat> I don't know about you. But I concur with the psalmist when he said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. I trust that that will be the sentiments of your heart this morning as well as we come in. 
and to worship our God through the preached word. As we pick up our study today, we'll be picking up in Psalm 4. As we do so, be reminded that last week we began looking at several simple steps to experiencing God's peace during life's tough times. We've come to grips with the reality that sometimes life's a bummer. It's a fact that many times the circumstances of life create discord, confusion, concern, consternation, and trouble galore in our lives. Nevertheless, we're discovering that believers can have peace, God's peace, even when life's a bummer. We observed last week that the first simple step to experiencing God's peace is recall. Recall God's past mercies. And as we recall God's past mercy, we are to be reminded that we can experience his past mercy in our present tough times. We can expect God's mercy in our present tough times because God's mercy never runs out. Somebody ought to say something. <laughs> his mercy never runs out. Step two, simple step. Rebuke. Rebuke our present enemies. And as we learned last week, those enemies include the fickle-minded, those who are unstable in how they think, and those enemies also include the hot-headed, those who act without thinking. They, they trust only in themselves. But our enemies also include the hard-hearted, which is where we pick up our study today. But before we do, bow with me and pray. Father, the praise team has already brought us directly into your presence. Thank you for them and the way they minister to us in preparing our hearts to just worship you, to, to set aside all of the cares of this world and to just bask in your presence. And so here we are, Lord, and we're asking you now as we have worshiped you through the, the songs that we have sung, we pray now that we will continue to worship you through the preached word. So to that end, Lord, I pray that you would give me clarity of speech and alertness of mind so that I can proclaim the unadulterated truths of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's in his name we pray and we do so with thanksgiving. And all the people of God said, and amen. Look with me at Psalm 6, I'm sorry, Psalm 4, verse 6, where we see that we must rebuke the hard-hearted. Rebuke the hard-hearted. Verse 6 reads, Many are asking, who can show us any good? Let the light of your face shine upon us, O Lord. Quite often that verse is difficult to understand, 
And I found the Living Bible Translation gives us a, a clearer understanding of this verse. It reads, Many say that God will never help us. Prove them wrong, O Lord, by letting the light of your face shine down upon us. Our enemies' hearts become hard. They're convinced that God will not help us, that God will not show us favor, that God will not prosper us. Look, our enemies say, look at all of the tough times they're experiencing. Look at that, 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 that life's bummer that they're involved in right now. They're caught up in one of life's bummers. This, by the way, is a part of the taunting. If you would think back to our study through Psalm 3, it was about the taunting of God's enemies, our enemies. And so this is picking up on that same theme here. Look at Mr. and Mrs. Big Christian, they say. They're getting their just due. They're getting exactly what they deserve. God won't help them. God can't help them, they say. Their God is a puny little wimp. But, oh, a little slow, but you got there. I mean, it's bad news when we say that God won't help us, that God can't help us, that our God is a puny little wimp. That's bad news. I think when something like that is said, we need some good news. And so, but, hallelujah for the but. The good news is this is, a, is, is totally untrue. It's never been that way. It will never be that way. Never true that our God is unable to help his own. During an earthquake, <clears throat> excuse me, that occurred a number of years ago, the inhabitants of a small town were understandably fearful and afraid and alarmed by the earthquake. And at the same time, they were surprised at the calmness and apparent joy of an elderly lady whom they all knew. As the earthquake raged, leaving devastation in its path, one man asked the elderly lady, Ma'am, why are you so happy? Aren't you afraid? Immediately she replied, Oh no, I rejoice to know that I have a God that can shape the whole world. Somebody say hallelujah, because that's the kind of God that we have. He can shape the whole world. Certainly we can endure and, and even rejoice about the momentary and temporary tough times we're experiencing because we know the God who can shape the whole world. And surely, I mean, if he can shake the whole world, surely these little tremors of life's tough times that we have, he can take care of those as well. 
And so we rebuke our enemies, the fickle-minded, the hot-headed, and the hard-hearted. Recall God's past mercies. Rebuke our present enemies. And the final simple step to experiencing God's peace during life's tough times is reclaim. Reclaim our everlasting provisions. Verse 8. David writes, I will lie down and sleep in peace. Let me read that again because I don't think you heard what I said and you didn't pick up on what David is saying. He says, I will lie down and sleep in peace. Note that he didn't say, I might, I should, I could, I ought to, maybe every now and then do so. No. He said, I will. Although my enemies are all around me, says David, although I'm experiencing one of life's tough times, yet I will enter into God's rest. I will lie down. I will enter into his peace. Last evening, I was in a bad way. My wife and I went out, and she's not here, but she'd be sitting right there, and I'm looking at her. I tell my wife quite often I don't feel right preaching without her, so she, she usually follows me wherever I go, but even she says, you know, once is enough and twice is just a little too much, so <laughs> she's not here. <clears throat> Where was I going with this thought? You all, you all throwing me off my, my, my notes here. Say that again. That's right. Last night. We went out to dinner, came back, and I'll tell you, I don't know what it was, if it was the food or what, but I was just in a bad way. Uh, Stomach, severe cramping, and it was so for about three hours. And I couldn't eat again because I felt if I ate, so now I'm hungry, having hunger pains, having all. Anyway, long story short. I had to go to sleep, try to wake up, losing an hour on top of it. And I just couldn't go to sleep. I I made myself for three or four hours, and the rest of the time, I'm resting, I'm wrestling with it. And then it dawned on me, why am I not resting in the peace that I'm going to be telling you all about tomorrow? (laughs) David says, I will enter into his peace. Peace is the opposite of anxiety, and fundamentally, anxiety is the result of a lack of trust and faith in God. When you're anxious, worried, you know, some of us, we say, I'm, I'm not worried, I'm just concerned about it. Same thing. You can, you can stretch it any way you want to. But when we experience anxiety, it is evidence of a lack of faith and trust in our God. It's not without reason that the Apostle Paul declares in Philippians 4, 6, and 7, be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. Make your requests known 
to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind. Let me ask you something. Do you think that God took care of your family's tough times quite well before you were born? I think. You're here. He must have been doing something right. He must have been taking care of your family somehow if you're here. So, yes. Let me ask you the second question then. Do you think that God will take care of your family's tough times quite well when you're dead and gone to heaven's glory? I'll help you. Yes, 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 yes. Then I ask you this final question. Don't you think that you can trust God to take care of your family's tough times quite well right now while you are living? That ought to bring joy to your hearts. He did it in the past, he'll do it in the present, and he's going to do it in the future. God is in control, my brothers and sisters. Trust him and enter to his peace. Enter into his peace. Early on, Scripture unequivocally declared that Jesus is the Prince of Peace and that he would be our peace, Isaiah 9 and 6. The New Testament clearly proclaims that he, Jesus, is our peace, Ephesians 2, 14. Jesus secured our peace on Calvary's cross because his, his punishment bought and brought our peace. Jesus made peace for us through his blood through the blood he shed on that old rugged cross. Colossians 1 and 20. Enter into his peace, my brothers and sisters. As Jesus was about to leave earth to return to heaven's glory, he made it unmistakably clear when he declared, my peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, I give my peace you. Not, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. John 14 and 27. Enter into his peace. Enter into his peace, my brothers and sisters, and, and one day soon, even so, Lord, come. One day soon, when Jesus returns, he will crush Satan. Let me say that again. Because I, I, I want to see a few people jump up. <laughs> because Satan, he's been whooping our tails down here. But he knows his time is growing short. And we need to rejoice in the fact that one day soon, when Jesus returns, he is going to crush Satan. <laughs> and we then will experience the Lord's peace like never before. Enter into his peace, my brothers and sisters. The Apostle Paul tells us that right now, Jesus Christ, the Son 
of the living God is in heaven's glory, sitting at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. But one day soon, the same Jesus, he shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet call of God. And the dead in Christ, those who died and before he came back, but they died with their faith in him, their bodies will be raised up from the dead. And we who are alive, hallelujah, we who are alive, we shall be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. Our mortality will put on immortality. Our imperishable will put on perishable. Our corruptible will put on incorruptible. And then we will say with sublime confidence, where, O oh grave, where, O oh grave, is your sting? And where, O oh death, is your victory? And then we'll experience that peace like never before. But until then, God, he promises that he will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are stayed on him and trust in him. So enter into his peace, my brothers and sisters, and, and trust him. He's in complete, absolute control. Amen? So even a life's bummer that you're going through right now, do you know it had to go through his hands to get to you? He's in control. So enter into his peace. But also enter into his protection. The rest of verse 8 says, For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. I will enter into his safety, his protection, says David. On this verse, Charles Spurgeon, uh, that great Baptist preacher of yesterday, he wrote, and I quote, I shall not sit up to watch through fear, but I will lie down and then I will not lie awake listening to every rustling sound, but I will lie down in peace and sleep. I heard that last night. I will lie down in peace and sleep, for I have not to fear. Better than boats of, or bars is the protection of the Lord. Unquote. Three weeks ago, I simply mentioned to you in passing that my wife had been involved in a very serious accident, car accident, that could have and should have taken her life. Let me give you the rest of the story. The accident occurred just about a block from our home. 
and Diana had the presence of mind to tell one of the bystanders to go and get her husband. And so they did, and I went down, and there was this car that was just mangled beyond appearance. I mean, you just couldn't believe. And my, there, my, my baby <laughs> was on the driver's side attempting to get out of the door. Ambulance came, rushed her to the hospital, praise God, the hospital was less than a mile away, and there she was in the emergency room. They examined her head to toe. They did all manner of testing. And after a considerable amount of time, Diana was discharged. She was discharged with no concussion, no whiplash, no broken bones, no injury at all except some contusions to her chest. Can you all say hallelujah with me? That was my baby. So you tell me this morning how she could walk away basically injury-free from an accident that left the car mangled and total. She did so because the hand of the Lord was upon her. Amen? Amen. Oh, you all help a brother out. This is my last go-round. <laughs> the Lord God himself protected her. Saints, hear me and hear me clearly. His protection, God's protection, is the best protection in the world. You may be in good hands with all state, but you're in the best hands with God. The Lord God alone. We don't need anybody else. Sister Six, you alone, O oh Lord. When we've got the Lord, we got all we need. The Lord alone is our protection and peace. Hence, we are to have an unwavering trust and confidence in Him. We simply need to reclaim the provisions provided by our Lord. His peace and his protection are ours. We have to reclaim them. They're there. You know how it is at Christmas? Until and unless you go under the tree and find the gift that has your name on it, whatever it is in that package won't do you any good at all. But I'm here to tell you this morning, so it is with God's peace and protection. But we have to reclaim them. They're there, not going away. We simply need to reclaim these provisions. Recall, rebuke, Reclaim. 
three simple steps resulting in God's peace in the midst of life's tough times. Recall God's past mercies. Rebuke our present enemies. Reclaim our everlasting provisions. And I don't want you to miss that word, that, uh, that adjective describing that noun. It says, reclaim our what? That means it'll be there. It's not going anywhere. But we still have to claim it. <laughs> reclaim. A young man was walking down a country road and along came a farmer driving a wagon and the young man went over without asking the man's permission he jumped into the wagon and he said to the man I, I'm going to ride along with you to Louisville. And the man gave him this quizzical look, but he didn't say a word. They drove 10 miles, and the young man was beginning to feel a bit uneasy, and he, he said, my, my friend, how much farther is it to Louisville? And the farmer replied, if you keep going in the direction you're going, it's about 25 thousand miles. But if you want to get off and walk back the other way, it's about 16 miles. Six miles from where you jumped on. My brothers and sisters, are you experiencing one of life's tough times this morning? Are you of the opinion that Life is a bummer because of the situations in your life. Are you unable to find God's peace even after taking the simple steps of recalling, rebuking, and reclaiming? Could it be because you're going in the wrong direction? Could it be that you're going the wrong way. Sometimes in life we just jump on for a ride without really finding out where the ride is going to take us. My brothers and sisters, God has a plan mapped out for each of us. But to execute that plan, we must be willing to follow God's plan. We must be willing to go the direction he's pointing us. There is a plan for your life, but there's also God's plan and direction for your life. In which direction are you going this morning? If it's not the right direction, if you're going the wrong way, it's okay. I thought a few people would be jumping up. <laughs> Did you hear what I said? 
if you're going the wrong way, and if all of us were truthful, we'd say, yeah, even when I'm going the right way, I'm not going the right way all the time that I should be going the right way. And so for you to hear me say it's okay if you're not going the right way, I'm sure the shoe fits some of us here this morning. And so for me to say it's okay, <laughs> you should be jumping for joy. And it's okay because you can stop, turn around, and go back and follow God's directions for your life. The choice is yours. But only going in the right direction will bring you peace. Because believers can have peace, God's peace, during life's tough times when we're following God's plan and His direction. As we leave today, may these words of the songwriter express the sentiments of our hearts. Far away in the depths of my spirit tonight rolls a melody sweeter than song. In celestial strains and it unceasingly falls over my soul like an infinite calm. What a treasure I have in this wonderful peace. Bear it deep in the heart of my soul. So secure, excuse me, so secure that no power can mine it away while the years of eternity roll on. I'm resting tonight in this wonderful peace, resting sweetly in Jesus' control. For I am kept from all danger by night and by day, and his glory is flooding my soul. And I think when I rise to that city of peace, where the anchor and author of peace I shall see, that one strand of the song which the ransom will sing in that heavenly kingdom will be peace, peace, wonderful peace coming down from the Father above. Sweep over my spirit forever, I pray, in phantomless billows of love. Let us pray. Oh, Lord God, we, your people, are blessed to be called your people. And we've heard from you that we can have a peace that passes all understanding, a peace that will guard our hearts and our minds. And I'm praying right now, Lord, for that peace to flood the hearts of everyone under the sound of my voice. So that even when we leave this place and we are yet again confronted with life's bummers, we will still experience the same peace 
because we will be aware that you are in control and you have provided peace and protection for us. So thank you, Lord. And we look forward now to what you're going to do because we ask this in the name of Jesus, that name above every other name, that name at which one day every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he, Jesus Christ, is Lord to the glory and praise of God the Father. It's in that name we pray. And all the people of God said, and amen. This morning as I stepped into the audio booth and they were getting me all mic'd up and ready, one of the guys back there said, Pastor, is this number five? He was looking at his video screen and that was a slide that said life's a bumper life a bummer part five and I said no unless the elders are trying to tell me something this is <laughs> this, this is part four there is no part five Fox Valley Church my wife and I have been uniquely blessed being with you these last four weeks. You've made us feel like we were at home. You've made us feel as if we were, we are a part of your church family. Thank you for the many kind words and gracious acts that have encouraged and blessed us. And a special thanks to Pastor Brad and all of the staff for how they have assisted me in a way that has made my ministry all the more enjoyable. Thank you much, my Fox Valley Church family. We trust, my wife and I, we trust that God will allow our paths to cross again one day in the future. And now, may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in every way. The Lord be with you all now, henceforth, and forevermore. Amen, amen, and amen.
worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever say. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, we live for you. Oh, we live for you. We sing, Holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder and show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. Could ever breathe, we live for you. 